Nel mezzo del cammin di nostra vita mi ritrovai per una selva oscura che la diritta via era smarrita. Ai quanto a dir qual era e cosa dura e sta selva selvaggia e aspra e forte che nel pensiero rinnova la paura. Hey, it's Mac and in a minute we're going to be online with my good friend Emily talking about um some cool things she's a really cool person her time in Pompeii of the Federated States of Micronesia um, a little bit about her time in France uh, and just some of her dreams and goals in general so sit tight it's about to be lit <laughs> you're on presage all right del ben che io vi trovai dirò delle altre cose chi vo scorte io non so ben ridir con hello hey <laughs> i didn't know uh if i was running late or if you were still busy because i was like let me not get into something because i i have a tendency to like be a squirrel and go down a rabbit hole <laughs> yeah. uh, hey how are you i'm good how are you i'm good Uh, do you want me to um, call you back in a minute? I can do that. I was still doing something. I just didn't want to be late because I didn't want to, um, you know, because I, I, I didn't know if you... No, were... no, 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 it's good. Okay. It's good. I'm just going to drink my coffee while we do that. Is that okay? Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay I'm ready. <laughs> um, so I thank you for um, participating in my uh, passion project. Um, I'm recording, but I'll probably do some editing later um i have some questions for you my friend Perfect. yeah okay. um i wanted to know what is your favorite childhood memory because you have um an interesting background and uh kind of grew up in an international setting so do you right. have yeah um yeah so i would say my favorite childhood memory was um when i was Uh, my family and I, because um, I moved abroad when I was, um, was I nine or ten? We moved in the summer, um, I think it was 04 or 05. Yeah. Um, I lived in France with my family for my dad's job. Um, and so, like, during that time, it was just, like, 
it's very stressful living yeah. abroad, as you know. Yeah. Um, doing it as a kid during such like a awkward time. I don't know. It was just there was just a lot of things going on. Um, so it was a very difficult time for me. Mm. And I remember we went and visited. Um, so we lived in like a small French town, and yes. so. Um, that was part of what made it so hard is that we were really isolated. We were, like, the only American family there. Mm. Um, besides one other one that had been there for, like, 17 years as missionaries. So just, like, very different. Mm. Um, so we went to this place called um, the Palais Adiao, which means, like, the ideal palace. And it's mm. in a place called Utrecht. Mm. And it's... Um, I'm trying to think how far away it is from where we lived. It's like a couple hours maybe, but it's this palace where um, this guy, uh, this postman, his name was Fector Cheval, yeah. he um, like had this dream about um, this palace and um, it was like very detailed and he, his dream was, he woke up and he was like, I have to build this. Yeah. And then he kind of like forgot about it and became a postman. And every day for his postal route, he would walk, I think it's like 44 kilometers or something like that. Yeah. And he had long since forgotten about this dream, but he was walking along his like postal route one day and he tripped over this stone and he looked down and he just was like overcome by the beauty of this like stone that he had tripped over yes and the dream like immediately came like running back to him and so he was like oh my gosh i'm gonna do this so then from that day on every day on his postal route he would walk 44 like kilometers and he would go back with a wheelbarrow and pick up all the stones that he saw yeah so that was his like day and then he would start working on building this palace and he would do most of it by a gaslight at night because <laughs> he spent most of his day walking and like picking up stones and doing the mail and stuff. So anyways, he, he spent 33 years of his life building this palace. Wow. And it, it's honestly the most visually yeah. um, beautiful and like stimulating things I've ever seen. Yeah. And also seeing it during such like a very dark time in my life yes um that was really really special to me um just it really was like an escape for me mm. so um that's my favorite childhood memory wow um, and then what was really cool was that I got to go back and see it again before I served like abroad yeah uh, because I was living in France with my family again yeah <clears throat> and uh, I got to go back, and it had been 13 years since I had been there, which was really cool because yeah. it was like 13 years. There was a gap of 13 years from when Cheval like forgot his dream and when he like reclaimed it. Oh my goodness! And it felt, that was like, symbolic of me like going back and kind of reclaiming that part of my youth as well. So yeah, oh, yeah. that is really a outstanding and very beautiful memory wow <laughs> yeah that's it's, incredible it's absolutely, yeah it's my favorite place i've ever been in the world oh my um, goodness so it's beautiful um, yeah, that's exactly why i wanted to talk to you i was like emily has such uh wow you've got so much content man it's that's that's a gorgeous memory i've got so much content <laughs> 
<laughs> you just are you know what I mean like you're a quality person you just have so much um so much so much like you know there's a lot of meaning inside of you you know what I mean like another person could have gone to the same place and could have been like wow a beautiful pile of bricks you know but like <laughs> which is fun like we don't all find meaning in the same things but like I'm like that's a really strong start that's wow I'm very excited wow that's beautiful and it makes me think of because like um I love the uh musical Les Mis it makes me think of that song Castle in a Cloud I just love castles and and you know I've told you this like other times I just love there's like a Frenchness about you like even before I knew you had lived in France you just kind of there is like a French air to you that you don't get yeah you know what I mean told that before actually which is kind of funny it's there even like when I first met you in orientation for uh, the Jesuit volunteer corps I was like this girl has a a je ne sais quoi in my terror you know what I'm saying in my terrible American accent but uh, I always like that we have that little French connection because we both have French last names I'm like yes that's my body Yeah, yeah you got that that French language and like it's in your like your background too yeah so. but you know me I'm just a bum out here <laughs> <laughs> don't even <laughs> let me stop oh my goodness this is gonna be fun so I wanted to ask you um what is a little known fact about being an American expat in France um you might have already answered this but if so we can move on um, but that was one of the things I came up with. <laughs> okay, what do you what do you mean by that? Can you explain? Like when you you know, like when people travel abroad, like there are things they expect to encounter in a culture. Like you know, growing up, it's like oh, France. I'm gonna see the tower, the um, the Eiffel Tower. I'm gonna see the croissants. <laughs> I'm gonna eat the good cheeses and wear a beret and stripes. I'm going to be a, you know, like, you know, and it's like, of course, that's, that's completely stereotypical, but you know, there are things you expect and and you expect, maybe I'm going to have some trouble with the language. It's a beautiful language, but I can't speak it. Or maybe I'm going to have a hard time figuring out the maps, or maybe it's going to be crowded and busy, but like, what, what are some things that could happen to you there if you're American, you know, like something that might confuse you or surprise you, but it's not something people tell you. You know, because right, right, right. yeah, it's 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 a tough question to to yeah. answer because when I moved, I was a kid. Yeah. And so like, I didn't. It wasn't like I think that's. It is really hard because I do. It is hard for me to like talk about my experience with people because yeah. I think talking about it now, like as an adult, your perspective of the world is so much different, and mm. you have so much more like freedom of choice when you are an adult whereas like I didn't have that when I was a kid and so like I I really like you know I wasn't thinking as a kid like oh what maps am I going to use like how am I going to get around like what does public transportation look like that's like as a kid you're just like oh mom and dad like they're what they're going to take care of me like you don't really but I mean like not saying that yeah you know we got there and then all of a sudden it was like there were no challenges or anything like that Mm -hmm. but one like we were 
we were in a very small French, like, I don't even, I would say town, not like village, but I mean, it was like really small. So mm. it wasn't, it's not like when people hear France, they're immediately usually thinking of like the bigger cities and yeah. things like that. So when I, <clears throat> when I lived there this last time <clears throat> in 2018 for like seven months, I think it was. Yeah. Um, in Lyon, I was in one of the bigger cities and like I was an adult. And so like my experience was like completely different from when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and so I think I can answer more from like that respect, just, um, yeah, yeah it, it's just like very, very different. Mm. Um, and I think stereotypes, there are like a lot of stereotypes, but yeah. I think for the most part, people there are like very friendly yeah. and they will like help you out if you do travel there. Um, <clears throat> it's pretty easy to get around. Um, I didn't really have much trouble adjusting, I would say. Yeah. Um, but I also, again, like, had lived in France before. But when I lived in France before, it was just, like, a very different yeah. experience. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm answering your question. No, that, <laughs> no that, was a, that was really a fantastic answer. Uh, and I love that because um, yeah. it, it's so true and it's very insightful. I will say, like... Even though you were a child, you, you, you seem to have had beautiful eyes. You didn't miss the beauty and you didn't miss the meaning. Um, and, um, and you found a way to kind of like carry those things with you and, and yeah. have them be relevant even when you, you know. So, and I guess yeah. that comes with time and the reflection. But I, I really thank you. Like, it's, I mean, that's a different yeah. viewpoint. That's a viewpoint I'm not um, familiar with because I haven't traveled um, as much. But I, th I think it's something people would be interested in. So, like, I love that answer. Right, Thank yes. you. <laughs> um, yeah, of course. I do think, like, with, with um, like, being abroad, yeah. if you, like, really do want to say, I think that you are really experiencing it, I think you have to be there for, like, I would say longer than, like, six months. Mm -hmm. So, like, if someone really wants to travel, like, just be aware that when you do travel you're it's kind of just like yeah window window shopping is really the way I would put it yeah um, you're really not getting um I don't know I, I don't know and I have like weird kind of mixed feelings about trap like gentrification and stuff that comes with travel but mm -hmm. um I don't know I would I would say for people who really want like to have an experience abroad like to try to be there more long term and mm. like give back to the community in some way rather than just um kind of feeding the tourism mm. hamster wheel mm. um so that would be like my because it, and it is hard for me too like I do it, I do hesitate to talk about my experiences because mm. Um, a lot of mine have been very long term. It's yes. or not like super long term, but you know, like at least two years. Yeah. And so that, like, for me, like, when people are like, oh, like I totally understand mm. what that was like. I'm like, uh, so I get really <laughs> hesitant. I get super hesitant, especially because, like, when I went as a kid, like, I had no choice in that matter. So I don't yeah. know. That's something as well that I kind of navigate, where I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I. No, but I I love it. <laughs> That's why I wanted to interview you because you just have so much. You are naturally just such an insightful person and have such an interesting background. And so 
I'm thrilled and honored that you would you, no really I'm I just feel very lucky that you would want to talk about your interesting story because it's fascinating to me it's very beautiful um and and you just have such you know you, you speak with authority um and and you know with gentleness and with a margin for you know people to take it or leave it but I know you know I know you know what you're talking about and I love that and it's great. So um, that's why I'm like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, very, I mean a it. Very high praise and compliment. Oh, thank you. you. You know, I you know I mean it. I wouldn't say it if I didn't. Um, this, yeah. Because um, I would just be like, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, but thank you for that. Um, to yeah. move, now I'm gonna ask you a little bit of, if you would like to share. Um, about your time in Pompeii, we don't have to talk about it for too long because I know that's an ongoing, yeah. like that's an ongoing reflection. Because you were, for for my few listeners who might be tuning in, um, Pompeii is a beautiful uh, island state, part of the Federated States of Micronesia in the Pacific, and that is where Emily was stationed for two years of her life. So, as a teacher, a fantastic teacher. Um, and so if you want to talk about that a little bit, um, like what it was like to just like be a, a Jesuit volunteer and, you know, but I know you're still processing that, so it doesn't have to be long. And then we'll talk about the, something I'm really excited about, which is your dream job. So, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, um, yeah. Okay. So Ponte, yeah, Ponte FSM, um, I don't even know how to just like really sum it up. Um, as for like processing goes, I actually feel like I'm doing really well with it. Like yeah. I, there's not really a lot of me that's fighting the fact that I'm in like my next chapter of life now, which is great. Yeah. I feel very like peaceful and content to be where I am, even though like it was sad that it ended early. Mm. Uh, I'm super grateful to be um, at least in an area that has like better more like access to healthcare mm-hmm. and more th- yeah anyways so I'm I feel pretty at peace with that but yeah Ponte let's see what was it like um uh well let's see very very humid <laughs> um, I would say the experience was um I have never like worked so hard I think and poured so much of myself into something um or maybe maybe I have before like I usually try to put my like whole heart in everything that I do yeah and um but I like really really hello Malle giunto, là dove termina... oh technical difficulty spalle vestite già dei raggi del pianeta che mena dritto altrui per ogni calle allora fu la paura un poco quieta che nel lago del corme era durata io passai con tanta pietà e quale quei che con lena affannata uscito fuori del pelago alla riva si volge all'acqua perigliosa e guata così l'animo mio che ancora fuggiva si volse a retro a rimettere Emily, can you hear me? Poi che hai posato un poco il corpo lasso, 
ripresi via per la piaggia diserta Can you hear me? Sicché il più fermo sempre era il più basso Hello, Hello. Ecco. This is actually This is even better because now you're on my computer <laughs> Oh sweet, okay, great Yeah, okay But yeah, um, you were talking about Pompeii Yeah. 
was just crazy. Like, the whole thing was... But I was so burnt out that um, when we were leaving, like, it was premature, and I was sad for that. But yeah. I also was like, you know what? I'm, I'm pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. You work very hard. Is it, yeah. is it okay if I call you back on my phone? Because I, you're saying yeah. so many really good things. And the, okay. the, I've been trying to figure out the mic on my computer, but it's not quite okay. as loud as I want it to be. So I'll call you right back and we'll pick up. So give me one sec because I want to okay. hear what you're saying. Okay, okay. All right, bye. bye. Okay, going to call Emily back. Technical difficulties are always Una lunza leggera e presta molto che di pel macolato era coperta e non mi si partia dinanzi al volto anzi impediva tanto il mio cammino che io fui per ritornar più volte volto tempera dal principio del mattino e il sol montava in su con quelle stelle che erano con lui quando l'amor divino mosse di prima quelle cose belle l'ora del tempo e la dolce stagione ma non sì che paura non mi desse la vista che m'apparve d'un leone talta e con rabbiosa fame sì che parea che l'aere ne tremesse ed una lupa che di tutte brame sembiava carca nella sua magrezza e molte genti feggia a viver grame la paura cuscia di sua vista che io perdei la speranza dell'altezza e qual è quei che volontieri acquista e giugne il tempo Okay. <laughs> now, yes, yes, yes. I'm just gonna um, when we're all wrapped, I'm gonna do some editing. But you, you've been fantastic. So let's just pick up where um, <laughs> where we left off. So you, you can um, can you talk about um, what you were saying about Pompeii? I'm sorry, the mic was real. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. So um, just how how it was like very um isolating there and so i think because of that i like really threw myself into my work yeah um which was um i think like unhealthy coping at at times because i would be way past my limit and still just like going yeah Um, but i think overall i think it did teach me a lot about boundaries and limits and um what i was capable of and 
Yeah, it was a good, it was a really good learning experience for me. Um, and I would say the most rewarding thing for sure would be <clears throat> the relationships that I built um, with my students because um, I was with the same class for two years. Yes. And they, um, yeah, definitely just a really, really great group of, of uh, young adults, really. And just like the whole high school in general, um, I'm really sad that I didn't get that last like two months with them because there were so many like end of the year yeah. things that were supposed to happen and it was supposed to be the first ever graduating class for the high school. Yeah. And we won't like I won't get to see that, which is really sad. But <clears throat> still like I'm very grateful for the time I had and then like relationships with coworkers and stuff too. Yeah. Um, and then my host family as well and like local friends that I made. Um, those are definitely the things that I, I'm really, really grateful for. Aww. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it was very, very challenging to say the least, but, um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad I did it. It just feels weird to be done, too. You know? Yeah. That, that was something that I had felt called to, like, a year before. Yeah. I did it and now it's now it's done so that's crazy but as I said before like I am really ready for this next chapter and it is a weird it's it's that time of life I think I, I've said it before the, the quote where it's like to get to another door you have to go through like a hallway or like yeah. a waiting room. and so now I'm kind of in the hallway yeah uh, the waiting period right now is just kind of weird and it's even weirder to have been done early, and so the hallway's even longer. Yeah. Um, and also, it's like a hallway where there's coronavirus, so everyone is like, <laughs> and it's just a really weird time of life, you know? Yeah. This year is completely not what I expected it to be at Yeah. All, it's it's <laughs> surreal, but, but I like yeah. that. I like that a hallway, and hopefully yeah. it's, it's a hallway inside of your castle. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. that's you know leading to something really amazing. Um, no matter how strange things are right now, um, yeah, that's really something. Um, but thank you for sharing with me about Pompeii. There's there's so much. You just have so much um, information, and, and I and you worked really hard. I know you know because I know you worked extremely hard and and. You deserve a break, and I know that you loved and love your students, and gave everything you had in your body, in your heart, and your mind to your <laughs> to your work. So, and, and I admire yeah. you for that. So thank you for oh, your thanks. service. Oh, thank you for your <laughs> service. <laughs> oh my God. Um, and now, uh, even though I we could talk about the beautiful island all day. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but um, now I'm excited to talk to you about your dream job, which is, um, from what I understand, humanitarian field work. And I want to hear you uh, tell me all about it because um, I don't know much. I kind of have an idea, but, and it sounds very exciting. So you can talk to me yes. about that. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, so. Yeah, hopefully my next chapter, what I hope to do is 
um, join what's called humanitarian aid or humanitarian action. Um, so I'm looking to get a, a master's degree in international humanitarian aid or action. Um, I'm going to call it humanitarian action. I kind of like that term yeah. a little bit better. I think humanitarian aid is a bit more like white savior so I'm going to be humanitarian action. So yeah, it's basically um, the organizations that provide relief in high crisis situations. So it could be a natural disaster, a hurricane, um, a typhoon, something like that that has like wreaked havoc in an area. Um, how is food going to be sent to people um, that are in need? How are things? How are how's infrastructure going to be rebuilt again? Yeah. Uh, or could also be high crisis situations such as like genocide or um, government oppression, mm. um, forced immigration, mm. uh, things like that. So again, like how how is relief organized and go uh, does it go in um, in a way that's helpful yeah. and should be sustainable? So, but for me, like um, the reason I'm really interested in this field is that. Um, I knew that I really wanted to do kind of more direct service. Yeah. Uh, and I did enjoy, like, teaching in Ponte, but I think I was really bogged down by, like, lesson plans and, like, bureaucracy and, like, accreditation and, like, stuff like that. Yeah. Which is understandable for school, but I was like, I don't really think this is for me. Um, and I do function really well in high crises and, like, chaotic situations. Yeah. Um, I guess you could say for like a some, you know a big part of my life that's kind of been like a norm. So yes, uh, I like I'm comfortable in them and I'm good at taking like a leadership role and um, getting things done. So um, and I also just like while serving in JPC, like I just saw yeah a lot of those problems and um, it just gave me a lot of like mixed feelings about it and. Um, what does relief look like? Are yeah. we really sitting in um, the most qualified people? Mm. Um, are we really um, helping in a way? Are we helping provide relief in a way that um, is beneficial to the community, or is it just perpetuating like a codependent relationship? Yeah. Where you know, because at least with JVC, I saw, like, the placement sites, especially, like, the school I was at, mm -hmm. uh, were really dependent on JVs to the point where there would be, like, a lot of problems mm -hmm. and organization, like, blatantly disrespecting or disregarding the needs of the school and the school just being like, oh, okay, like, we'll, we'll cave to JVC when it was like, well, you're technically the place that's in need, so, like, why are you, you know, so yeah. it's... I kind of just saw a lot of that as well through, like, because I've been doing service, I guess I finished three years. Yeah. Because um, I did it before in the States for a year. Yeah. Um, so I want to change that. So I, I want it to be better, and I want to be um, more educated in that field, and how do we how do we make relief better? Yeah. Um, and then I also, like, want to provide direct service as much as I can as well, because that's just when I feel like the most alive. Yeah. So, yeah. You you are really incredible. Um, I really admire you. You just have, 
you have such a great head for analysis um, and you have such a beautiful and exciting vision for the future and I think you would be an incredible Wonder Woman humanitarian action <laughs> personnel person uh, and especially especially because you are a very visible and proud diabetic and you know what it's like to need um, resources and you're not and you're you're so you're so big on advocacy um, yes. and and equality and um, it, it's just you're just fantastic all around uh, and have a real heart for service and I love that and so I'm waiting for you to go out there and do that and I'm gonna be like yes <laughs> so I would love that. I would be. I would love that. I'd be like, look, I told you. <laughs> I, I I would love that so much. I just I know you're gonna do, um, you're gonna do it, and I'm gonna love it, and I'm gonna be like, yes. <laughs> oh my, it's it's really inspirational, and you've you've said so many amazing things, and just to bring it full circle, this is amazing, because you did do AmeriCorps before. Um, yes. and also another JVC program. So this is perfect for like, you are kind of like the, the, the link between my world of AmeriCorps friends and friends I met abroad with JVC and because yeah. you, cause you know, both worlds and, and like all right. you, what you were talking about with like, um, recovery and stuff like that. Um, that's kind of some of that my AmeriCorps friends will, um, that'll kind of trigger something in their memory about, um, working in the field for, with FEMA to help with the hurricane and stuff like that. But the the more international stuff, that's perfect. That's right on point for our friends who just finished the program um, or other FJVs who are now looking to do just what you're going to do, uh, yeah. wanting to be humanitarians in the field uh, or wanting to, like, work abroad and continue to do, like, good, you know, service um, things that are diplomatic, things that are humanitarian, and, and have and social justice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is perfect, perfect. <laughs> you're you're a fantastic radio guest. Uh, oh, and, thank you, darling. Yes. <laughs> the French connection. And with <laughs> with that, I think I'm gonna wrap this segment up. But we can continue to talk offline. And and thank you for being so patient with me with the technical difficulties. Of course. <laughs> uh, okay, so let me, uh, let me stop recording right here. Let's have a round of applause for Emily's excellent uh, storytelling. Uh, on my show and to close us out here is Sarah Brightman um, and her partner in crime singing <laughs> time to say goodbye and I'm going to work on attributing all the amazing artists who make my work uh, worth listening to by substantiating it with beautiful music okay
Je ne penserai à rien. Mais l'amour infini me montera dans l'âme et j'irai loin, bien loin, comme un bohémien, par la nature, heureux comme avec une femme. Ophélie, sur de calme et noir où dorment les étoiles, la blanche Ophélie.
Welcome. You've got mail. Nick, 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 Nickelodeon. Previously on X-Men. It's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And I'm all out of gum. It's me, Mario! You're an idiot. My next guest is a man who has many, many talents. He's a writer, director, producer, actor. He does just about everything, and I am real proud to have him on my show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Orson Welles. I did not. I'd uh, like to read your telegram. Uh, Mr. Orson Welles, Paris, France. Dear Orson, I would consider it an honor if you would find the time to appear on my opening television show, Dean Martin. Of course, I was delighted, but I'd never done this kind of show before, and I wanted to make sure I'd have enough rehearsal, so I wired back. Please advise me of my rehearsal dates. <laughs> Life, uh, finds a way.
it's my symphony All day long I dream of you I need to be, make my body feel complete So this is my symphony All day long I dream of you Keep drunk, I'm with you Make my body feel complete
Faites du bruit pour Solomon So, Solomon, we have a little gift for you. Thank you so much, Solomon. Encore du bruit pour Solomon. Bon, on va passer à l'interview de Solomon en backstage. Euh, et je, on vous laisse entre deux bonnes mains puisque c'est Raphaël Serrato qui reprend du bruit pour lui. Guys, thanks so much for waiting. We were in the <laughs> trying to. So we are up on the Théâtre Antique d'Orange with Solomon. Uh, if you have questions to ask to Solomon, please don't hesitate. You have just a few seconds. Uh, well, okay. first of all, thank you very much for this set. Thanks for uh, accepting our invitation here. No, honestly, no doubt I have to thank you for the invitation because Okay, here's it. Come on, it's all good. No, I really, I really have to thank you. It was uh, look at this location, the atmosphere, the venue, the people, the love. I see the Holy Virgin Mary there, so it's yes. unbelievable. And you had the Emperor August watching you during your set, just behind, you know. <laughs> oh my God, this is uh, honestly probably one of my uh, best venue locations. Really? have a place so there's really uh, I play a lot and, and I'm very blessed that I always play there's a good crowd but this was so outstanding and special so how much I pay for you for this <laughs> but uh, yeah you you have such a beautiful career and now you're playing here do you remember your first gig I think I think my really first gig was I remember this because it was um, a birthday party from a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, way, the way I just started, because I was always um, a selector of music or vinyls, and then 
um, I had a big collection of music, and then he was just asking me like, yeah, would you like to play on my birthday? I'm like, okay, why not? <laughs> but I didn't know about mixing or anything, and then, yeah, this was the first gig I've turned around. It all started, uh, started all, like this. All started with a birthday party. <laughs> okay, so I'm watching your question, guys. So, question from Hamza. Why do you use this um, um, mixer, like the DJM 2000? Why do you want to use okay. this one in particular? First of all, it's bigger than all other mixers because I have big hands. Oh, so yeah. it's, enough, it's enough space for my hands to have the control. And, first, and also the effects on the, on the, on the uh, mixer, um, especially the reverb. And you can EQ the reverb so that so I can really uh, give some little push in the brakes when I want. So okay. this is the things I like. Um, question from... François, what's the most unexpected thing that happened during a set you made? Most unexpected thing? Uh, wow, this is, uh, this is, yeah, okay, this is, uh, probably there are, there, there are a lot of unexpected things happen, probably, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I don't know, yeah, the, okay. the thing is, Sorry, my friend. I'm still so speechless and flash of, of uh, yeah, I from the party. So <laughs> it's it's difficult to do the interview yeah. just after. I understand. Uh, so other question from Greg. I don't know if this if this is true, but how did your friends that run a hip hop label help you learn to produce house music? Again, say again. Is, is this true that you had friends that ran a hip hop label that helped you to learn to produce house music? Yeah, this is true. When I start um, DJing ele uh, um, uh, electronic music, I was just like two years in a, in, a, in, a, in a game with my own parties and everything. And then I was like, I was also of course interested to make my own music. Yeah. And then a friend of mine had her own hip hop label and I asked him if he is up to try to something different. Yeah. And then I was with him the first year. Um, I was, I was, yeah, I was first. Uh, the first year I was next to him sitting twice or a third time a week in the studio and you try to make some music and one also of these tracks we also come out later on the one of the something from compact under on a different name a different name called play and fill okay so yeah it's, it started everything with hip-hop uh, label friend okay and uh, you also played i think a michael jackson uh, remix <laughs> yeah the thing the thing is yeah i i was just like because you have, you have, you have, you have a lot of vinyls of course yeah. and and, 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 and this break, I find the time to check all my vinyls. And, um, and there are a lot of tracks you can't find anymore, uh, digital and online. And this was a bootleg, a really, really old track, like nice. 20 years ago, 15 years ago, not 25 years ago. And I was like, yeah, I think it could be a really good, fun track to play in the yeah. end because the mix of the, uh, the vocals, of course, it's nowadays more important than maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. But it, it's, it's never get old. I thought this can be, a good special gift in the end, and um, the people. And people loved the people, it. It was like, okay, this is this is so special tonight. So I, I really tried to play this track. So and yeah. And what kind of music do you hear when you are alone at home? Honestly, this is this is a sad side of my career. <laughs> when I'm when I'm at the moment when I'm alone, I don't listen to music at the moment. Yeah. Really. Because too much I, music. Yeah. Even, even even my driver on a, on a taxi where I drive, I always ask, can you can you can you yeah. can you please turn off the radio? Because yeah, I just yeah, you play every weekend and, the, and, and then you listen to demos, to promos uh, during the week, and um, sometimes you find some time to listen to some other tracks 
was a recommendation from some friends, but yeah. it's not so easy though. Yeah. <laughs> you have a really busy schedule, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just checking one or two last question. Question from Lorenzo. So Romans came in this place. You are now to celebrate their life and their empire. Uh, what would you tell to Romans if they could see you now? <laughs> Guys, my dear Romans, with 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 and Techno, you can spread more love than war. <laughs> so I think if they had the chance to do this kind of music, there would be less war and more. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. But nowadays, this is maybe the same shit. Uh, unfortunately, there are still stupid people out in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so one last question from Andrew. Oh no, too much question. Uh, okay, so this one is nice. What are your tips for becoming a better DJ? Uh, say it again? What are your tips for becoming a better DJ? A better DJ? Uh, the thing is, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's always the selection of the music. It's always, it's, it's just in the end the selection of the music because yeah. it's, it's Every week, every week, of course, you. I have the, I have the gift to play every week, also before. And every week, every week, you get better and better. You have always a different crowd, different people, and you always check it out which tracks fits, fits together. And and in my case, every year I try to start with a new set, with new music, new demos, and then you try it out. Then I try, to, then try to find my flow. But um, if you have the gift. You have a residency somewhere in the yeah. club, then you can be better, better every week. So, but uh, yeah. So you have your answer, Andrew. So um, we have a little tradition. It's the mystery box, but I guess I offered it uh, on the stage. <laughs> I I so wanted to the people to to see the gift, you know. <laughs> oh, you guy, you're crazy. So I, the thing is, no. Eh? But we have other gifts. I don't yeah, know where is the little box, but later. I, I have to. Yeah. The thing is, if, if I can, if, if I can give you a gift, you let me know because I have to thank you guys. Really. No, 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 no. And, and, I and mean, the gift was your but, set but, but, tonight. But for this location, this people, everything, I would, I would also wear a custom tonight. I didn't <laughs> care about it, how if, if I look stupid. I don't <laughs> care because it's, it's amazing. You this didn't thing, look stupid. Hey, we are, we are outside here. Yeah. And, and in my head, I feel, I feel like a little bit. It's cold because of my head. Yeah. Because, but the, the love of the people and dance of people, so the cold, the warm wind yeah. comes in my breast. Yeah. It's, it was so strange. <laughs> my breast was warm. My head was cold. Really? It was so crazy. So, but you see, hey, we are outside, but the people are yeah. dancing and wow. Yeah, that was really one of our best shows, I guess. Uh, so thanks so much. Oh. And uh, I, I don't have the, the exact figure, but I think. Uh, Maybe I, I don't I don't know, but thousand of of hundred hundred of thousand people saw, saw us tonight. That's crazy. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching, for all the comments and for everything. Thanks to our partners and also to our partner Peacock. I think you will uh, play to Peacock Festival. Yeah, play Peacock. Yeah, really, I'm 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 very happy to play there. Uh, finally, the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks to everyone. Thank you for watching. And I forgot something here. And the mystery box. Oh yeah, we have other gifts for you, ah. but it's it's a gift from, um, sorry. It's gift from the. I don't know what it is. Oh yeah, it's from, um, it's nougat from uh, from ah, here. Okay. So it's <laughs> so and <thank> a soap. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, I got it. Hey. Thank you, guys. It's, it's all from here, from yeah? the city. Oh, it's local, okay, yeah, thank it's you. It's local, and uh, it's the theater that offered the. Uh, ah, all right, gift. thank you. So, and thank you to uh, the amazing uh, Théâtre d'Oran, the, this amazing theater. They welcomed us uh, tonight, so thanks for their trust. Honestly, we all have to thank you guys for the amazing job you're doing. You, you deserve a crown for France, for the music, and also for the culture you did here. Uh, for the country, so uh, we have thank to thank you. you. Means a lot, thank you. <laughs> well, see you next Monday. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye.